Noble Warrior, what you're about to listen to is a fascinating conversation between me and Genevieve. She's a top psychologist, so we cover a wide range of topics. We talked about female orgasm, we talked about masculine and feminine, we talked about using pleasure to get us to a higher level of consciousness. She also recapped very explicitly her own journey of being a rape victim to where she is today, helping others to claim their sovereignty in this domain. So if you're someone who is sensitive to hearing these things in explicit details, well, skip this episode altogether. So if you're someone who wants to master this fundamental aspect of being a human being, if you're someone who wants to think about how this actually relates to you being a better leader, you being a better entrepreneur, listen on. This is an episode you don't want to miss. So the mission was given to me in in that awakening experience. Um, And the mission is to remind people of who they are, right? In their erotic essence. It's, it's, they already have it and they've forgotten. And so it's, it's simply a rediscovery of self, a reclaiming of the erotic energy, because I believe really strongly that if we, if thousands of people reclaim their erotic essence, maybe millions of people, right? Fingers crossed. We can actually eliminate unconscious sexuality on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. We can, our future generations will not have to suffer the way that our generation has suffered with unconscious sexuality and the amount of, of suffering, right? That's there because of it is unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. So it's, it's thinking about the legacy of can we, what, what would it be like for our children and our children's children to not have to go through sexual violence and abuse, um, mm. how much beauty and expression and fulfillment and life and aliveness and love can they experience without that? So that's why the mission feels so important to me is I, I honestly think we can eradicate um, sexual violation on the planet through the awakening of your own sexual energy. This episode is brought to you by C.K. Lynn Mindset Coaching for Leaders, Entrepreneurs, and High Achievers. Having a clear mind will empower you to tap into your true potential and achieve extraordinary results with more ease and freedom. Visit www.talkwithck.com and apply for a free clarity session today. So I'm so excited to have my friend Genevieve on. Genevieve blew my mind a while ago when we were in a conference, she started telling me about sexual orgasms. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm curious to know her point of view, as a, especially as a sexologist, as an expert. So thank you so much for being on the show, Genevieve. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to dive in with you. So and rather than ramping up, let's just jump right in, yeah? Great. Perfect. Okay, cool. So you blew my mind with the whole idea of a clitoral um, climax versus like, you know, if you can go repeat that conversation. So that way we could, um, I think my, my listeners, especially those who, who are listening, who are curious about female orgasms could be actually benefit from your knowledge. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I find myself speaking the most on is is educating people around the like the multitude of pleasure that you can have in your body. Like there's dozens and dozens of orgasms and climaxes that are available to everyone, no matter the gender. Um, for for the female gendered or vulva bodied people, we've got 
you know, there's so many spots internally that often aren't even activated um, and they can allow women to reach such high peaks of pleasure that they can actually go into altered states of consciousness, right? The, the clitoral orgasm is only going to give you a small release. And then there's deeper orgasms like the A spot or the X spot or the G spot or the cervical orgasm that can actually make the body go into a state of like altered consciousness, similar to a plant medicine journey. It's pretty amazing. So you just said a few phrases I've never heard of before. The X spot and the, what was the second one? A spot. A spot. I've never heard those before. And the cervical <laughs> orgasm, I've never heard of these before. The yeah. The clitoral, yes, for sure. But go into it a little bit more. That would be... Like concrete as that first, if you don't want. Like where yeah. are they? And yeah, so <laughs> in inside of like totally inside of the the vaginal canal, right? The the reason that most people don't know that they exist is because the vaginal canal, most women um, harden the canal, right? So it's pretty tight, um, and that makes it hard for the nerve endings to respond to pleasure. So one of the first things that I encourage people to do when they start a sexual journey is to learn to relax the walls of the vagina, or if you're with a, a vulva-bodied or vaginal-bodied person, to start to, almost during penetration with hands or whatever, allow them to just be and hold and breathe, and you'll notice the walls will start to relax of like the outside, right? And then when that happens, you're going to be able to hit different nerve endings. So there's areas kind of beyond the G-spot. So there's the G-spot. And then if you go deeper in, maybe like an inch or two, you're going to hit um, the A-spot. You can hit the X-spot is kind of behind the, the, the anal cavity, right? So there's all these like, and some, I've worked with some women that have spots I didn't even know existed, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's, it's simply a way that the nervous system, you know how the nervous system kind of moves down the spine, the, a lot of the nerves, mm -hmm. the base of that holds for women in the vaginal canal. So you've got all these bundles of nerves down there that a lot of people haven't even activated yet, which is pretty, pretty fun. So mm -hmm. yeah, for men too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess this is this is really uh, I'm intrigued and 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 I think that this is an unusual topic for the podcast. <laughs> I appreciate me on the show and, and talk about it. Um, the root chakra to me is equivalent to the the sexual organ, and yeah. to me, it's one of those things that that it's the primal instinct that we have, right? Right. To procreate, to right. to 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 get pleasure out of this very important aspect of it. But in our culture, well, I came from a Chinese culture. I came mm -hmm. right, and, I, and then I came to the U.S. So I actually have both the East and the West. And but even in both cultures, we don't actually quite publicly publicly talk about this aspect. This very important aspect of our life. So um, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about. I guess the challenge of being a, I don't even know how to call you, a, an expert in pleasure and sex, is that, would that be a proper way to address you? That totally works. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the challenge of actually being an expert in, in this area and what's the, what's the pros and the cons, I guess? 
Yeah, thank you. That's a beautiful question and one that I don't think I've ever been asked. So that feels really nice to be able to speak on it. Um, you know, stepping into this mission was very scary for me because sexuality is the elephant in the room that no one talks about, right? People get turned on all day long and no one talks about it. And to be the person that's saying, hey, I want to address the thing that we've shut down for centuries, um, I get you know, I get hate mail. I get a lot of people telling me that I, you know, all sorts of things. I've had your boundary lists. I've had um, your, your like no boundaries. They've told me I've had no boundaries because I'm talking about oh, sex. Oh, um, I've had people tell me I'm, I'm a slut, that I'm a bad mother, right? Mm. Um, I've had people in my family tell me, you know, shame on me and say, you know, this isn't okay. So there's a deep burial of this of this part of our our nervous system and it's societal and it honestly it's painful but it drives me mm. more than anything because when I see I see people telling me these things and asking me you know oh you should take down that post that you just made or or why are you always naked <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'll get people saying things like yeah, I'm that brand when you're naked kind of. <laughs> I'm brand yeah um, <laughs> But, well, and it's because freedom, right? My my job is to show people that we don't have to live constricted anymore. We don't have to live afraid anymore of the power within us, this creative life force that sexuality is. It's it's more than just the root chakra. It's it literally runs through the entire body, and it's what makes us alive. Um, it reverses aging, right? It, it can create wealth and abundance. It can change the neurotransmitters in the brain. Like it's an extremely powerful mechanism and we have it within us. Mm. And, and to get out there and, and tell everyone that, right? That means that they can't go and buy their antidepressants anymore, right? That means that their way of living is going to be completely shut down um, and changed. And so I'm going to, I get, that people are going to give me some backlash and I'm okay with that um, because it, it, it feels super important to help people wake up to the power that's within them. Yeah. I think part of it is that they're projecting their own, their own internal resistance around sexuality, around pleasure on you. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. fact that they couldn't, I mean, I, obviously I'm not an expert, but I, you know, a, a, a huge percentage of women and men, actually mostly women, haven't achieved a female orgasm. Right? Yep. I don't have a specific stats there, but yeah. the fact that you are able to actually help them even get to that baseline is a huge step up from yeah. my point of view. Yeah, and can I tell a little story around this Please. that happened? So in April of this year, I was doing an event and one of the audience members in the event, um, the event was meant to be a sensual experience, not a sexual experience, right? And I was on staff for it. They brought me in to be on staff and to kind of disrupt the audience because that's kind of what I do. You've met me, right? I like to go in there and like shake things up. So I went in and I did what I do, which was really just me being in my erotic energy. And this woman got so triggered that she got up on stage, got on the microphone and yelled at me and started crying and raging. And I at first felt all the constriction of like, oh no, I'm bad, I'm wrong, this isn't okay. And then I started to feel this deep compassion for, wow, this is such a scary place for her, 
that I'm awakening just by my beingness. Like I didn't even do anything, right? I didn't say a word just by my beingness to be that triggered. Um, and then we had this conversation afterwards, the woman and I, um, and found love and compassion for each other. And then fast forward a few months, she comes to one of my events and she said that night put me on a path of massive sexual awakening. I didn't realize how much resistance I had to my own sexual freedom. And she's like, I'm a, she did my entire workshop. We were getting really sexy and she did the whole thing and she was so alive and liberated and that's it, right? Like sometimes with sex, actually always with sex, we kind of need to trigger people first. Mm, we have to get to the, we have to get to the place where they hate you or where they're mad or where they're sad. That's what awakens that Kundalini, that sexual energy in the body mm. first. We allow that to be there and then they can start to find their freedom. So mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that story. Yeah. So you had talked about earlier some of the possibilities of this work. You said that aliveness, you said uh, what the gateway is pleasure, it leads to aliveness, it leads to wealth, it leads to some other things that you have mentioned. If you don't mind going into those stories a little bit, maybe there's a few stories that you can share with us, even oh, yeah. among your other people, what's possible? Like, why should people care about not just the pleasure part, although very important, I'm sure a lot of people love it, yeah, or all people love it. But in addition to that, what else is available going on? This is a pathway to one's own radiance, one's own likeness. Yeah, I always love my clients at the end, they'll always say, Oh, I get it, Genevieve, it's not even about sex. It's not, it's so much bigger than that. And, you know, you come to me for sex and pleasure and you leave with a completely different life. So um, it's, it's huge, it changes everything. And I think the best way to demonstrate that is through a little bit of my own story, um, which I can give snippets of it and you can always ask more if you want. But uh, I was the opposite of how you see me now. So very shy, very afraid. Uh, I had no money. I come from very little money. Um, my family, you know, just kind of scraping by as a kid. Um, I also come from pretty severe trauma, sexual abuse from like three years old all the way through. So it got to a point where I couldn't even be in the same room with a man because the smell of a man would send me into trauma response. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was an extreme. So I didn't leave my house. I had a chronic illness. Uh, where I was in basically fevers every day. Um, and I actually started the the journey, the awakening journey. Well, it's kind of, there was, you know, you know how you keep going. There's always like layers. But one of the moments that had me work with masculinity and with men was when I realized that I was pregnant with a boy. Mm. And I had this moment, I remember going to Central Park and crying and thinking, how am I going to love a boy, right? Men were the enemy for me. And I was so scared. Um, I thought about aborting. I was really terrified. And I remember saying, you know what, this is your opportunity, Genevieve, to change this, like to figure out how can you, how can your nervous system start to relax around the masculine? How can you do that? So while I was pregnant, I started to go on this big somatic sexual journey and started to work with my nervous system, which I can get into detail about later, but it, it was like a 
it was kind of like meeting my body for the first time all over again and learning very specific tools and techniques to deprogram my nervous system from trauma and fear to openness. Hey listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast and all the nuggets of wisdoms, go to bit.ly forward slash noble warrior review and leave us a five-star review and tell us what you're getting out of this podcast. This will really help us attract other people like you and share these nuggets of wisdoms to others just like you. Okay, do that right now. Bitly forward slash noble warrior review. Thanks a lot. And alive. Can you can you share with us what some of those techniques are? Yeah, so I had to dive into the erotic blueprint technique. Uh, techniques, right? So the erotic blueprints are created by Jaya, who you know, um, who's a colleague of mine. And they basically, she's brilliant. She's been working on bodies for over 30 years. And what she realized was that there's like five different types of nervous systems, basically. And I wouldn't say types of, but like nervous systems are conditioned in five different ways and they're held in five different ways. And so to open them, there's five different distinct ways of opening them, right? So there's the energetic erotic blueprint, which is going to be a nervous system imprinting that is most open through stillness and breath, uh, anticipation and tease. And that nervous system will actually close more if it starts to get overwhelmed by too much sexual energy. Right. Mm. Um, then there's the sensual nervous system. And I'm going through these briefly. We can go in detail more later. But the sensual nervous system or sensual erotic blueprint is going to open the most through like firm touch, slow, firm touch, massage. They like to take their time. <laughs> they need all five senses to be really yummy. So candles and smells and sound, right? And, and all of that. They need that to be feel really yummy and cozy for them and their nervous system will constrict more if they feel rushed or if they feel like they have a lot to do right because their brain is going to start thinking about all the things so they can't fully relax and then there's the kinky erotic blueprint kinky erotic blueprints get turned on by intensity so they need a certain level of intense direct um, energy at them or or coming out of them in order for their body to relax. And they also get turned on by taboo and naughtiness, right? That actually opens them more when they can go into the taboo realms of sexuality and bring darkness into the light. And their shadow, or what closes them more, is when they start to feel ashamed, either mm -hmm. on their own or by their partner, that their sexuality is not okay, that their desires are not okay, right? Um, and then there's the sexual erotic blueprint. The sexual erotic blueprint is going to open with climax. So for a sexual erotic blueprint to try to open them before penetration is kind of tricky, right? Um, so for a sexual, we actually want to give them penetration or oral sex or genital touching, and then you'll watch their body open. It's very cool. It's very different than what Tantra teaches, for example, right? It's a different type of uh, style of opening the body. Um, and sexuals, their nervous system is going to constrict if they feel like they're not going to get the orgasm. So if they don't know that this is leading to sex, you'll see them shut down. Like they need to know that they're going to get a climax at the end of it. <laughs> they need that certainty, right? Um, and then there's a shapeshifter, 
which is the the most evolved of all of the erotic blueprints. I would say it's the most full. Um, and the shapeshifter's nervous system is tricky because it it fully opens the most when it has all four of the other erotic blueprints done to it at the same time. Now that's hard to do. So often with shapeshifters, because like you don't partners don't usually have like 15 hands, right? But that's what a shapeshifter wants. So <laughs> what they do instead is a shapeshifter will often morph into different blueprints, right? And that can sometimes constrict them because they'll start to feel like they want more, 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 more. A shapeshifter has a hard time feeling satisfied. It's, it's hard to get a shapeshifter fully, fully open and satisfied, right? So I realized at the time um, when I was pregnant that my nervous system was the kinky erotic blueprint type, which is something I had never known. Because in American society, they teach you that women want candles and massages and baths to open. And that did not work for me at all. Like I would sit there like more stressed out. And I was like, what is wrong? Like, am I not feminine? Am I not a woman? Like what's going on? And then I found the erotic blueprints and I realized, oh, I need, I need intensity. For whatever reason, I need intensity. And I started to release the shame around that. Now, is it at that time, like, does the archetype changes throughout yes. your life? Or like during pregnancy, then afterwards, it's different? So the erotic blueprints will shift. I've noticed with my clients, they're, they're going to shift with hormonal changes. So mm -hmm. as soon as I gave birth, I became energetic. Oh, interesting. Um, I think because my hormones went different, right? Mm -hmm. um, or they're going to shift once you fully feed one of the other erotic blueprints. So now that I've fed um, my energetic, my sensual, and my kinky really well, or wait, yeah, energetic, sensual, and kinky, I find myself craving the sexual blueprint more. Interesting. Um, because your nervous system naturally wants to grow and expand, right? We naturally want to increase pleasure. And so once it's fed, you'll see yourself all of a sudden desiring things that you didn't know before, which is why you want to know, you want to know all of the erotic blueprints really well. And it, the same thing will happen to partners. And this is where couples get really confused. They're like, right. I've been with you for 20 years. Why do you want kinky all of a sudden? Or why do you want to go to a Tantra class? Like we've been doing it this way for 20 years. And it's because it's been working for 20 years. Exactly. Is like something wrong exactly. with me, with you, whatever, right? Yeah. So um, it's a misconception and sexual mastery is being able to master all of the blueprints mm. so that no matter what you're presented with in your own body, right? Mm. Like if you go through a trauma or a hormonal change or a big life shift or in the body of your partner, you'll, you'll know how to open it. It's a, sexual mastery is opening mastery. Can you open your system? Can you open your partner's system? Um, and if you can learn how to do that, like you you're, that's it. You're a sex master. <laughs> so, um, did I tell my story? No, I, fin I didn't finish. So kinky, right. Got into the kinky, started to open my body, open my nervous system. And in that I started to heal my trauma. So I started to have experiences of deep love and compassion and forgiveness for the men that had hurt me. It was beautiful. Like I have so many memories of of sitting there in front of men crying and, and loving and feeling for the first time the, the beauty inside of a man's heart and, and even inside of their sexuality, right? I forgave fully my rapists um, fully in my body. Like I would meet them. I would hang out with them today. Like it's a, it's, there's a complete, um, I don't have any charge. 
And that was through this nervous system work, feeling fully fed and recognizing that there's no part of my body that anyone can take from me, right? So releasing that victim mentality and recognizing that I can be empowered in that, right? Once that started to happen, my business quadrupled. So it, we quadrupled in income. Um, well, before you go there, actually, because there's a big jump. I want to underline something. Yeah. Know. Overcoming trauma through sexuality, openness, this is a new concept. If you don't mind going into the journey a little bit deeper, right. that would be amazing. Because I would say for people who are traumatized by rape, and yeah. this is a, a subject, right, with a lot of significance around it. What the, uh, the, the primal response is, let's move away from it. Right. Right. Versus moving into it. So yeah. leaning into it. So if you don't mind sharing with us a little bit more on that journey, that would be really um, helpful for those who maybe have had yeah. um, sexual trauma in the past. Yeah. Well, they say now, you know, the that one in three women have experienced sexual abuse and violation. And that's the ones that report. And so even if they haven't, even if you're listening and you haven't experienced sexual trauma, you're feeling the collective consciousness of everyone else, right? So you can feel the trauma of the world around unconscious sexuality. So this is kind of for everyone. Um, I thought that I would always be broken and damaged sexually. I thought that sex was always going to be a thing that I would need to drink a lot in order to have sex or, or do some kind of drug, or I would just, my previous marriage, I just shut down my sexuality. We just never had sex because that was how I managed it. I was, I was terrified. Um, and I thought that that's just what I was going to have to live in, honestly. Um, so the, what starts to happen once you learn your erotic blueprint is you can start to learn how to feed it. And what I mean by that is like, what are the daily practices on your body that you can start to do to open yourself? And as the opening happens, what happened to me and what happens to my clients is as that opening begins to happen, they start to shed trauma. So tears will just fall through. Anger will come through. Um, you'll, you can literally watch the body start to expand and open. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> so, that and that process happens kind of on its own there isn't i think the reason that it works so well for trauma to be on the body is because when you when you've had trauma you go out of your body you dissociate it's a it's a very safe place to be and a lot of people that have had trauma at least this is what i did i went to talk therapy forever but I wasn't in my body. <laughs> so I was mm. sitting there talking about my trauma as if we were it was- talking about it rather than yes, be being, experiencing it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so what we do, and this is kind of what I do with, with everything on the body, any pain. So it could be a physical pain, an energetic pain, an emotional pain, is we find the place in you that's resourced. So um, I'm working with a client right now that had same thing, sex abuse from the age of two on, and she has major physical pain, right? Her body has like fully adapted the, the trauma. So she mm -hmm. can barely get up out of bed. And so we find the one part in her that feels pleasurable. It's mm -hmm. like, sometimes it's like a toe or like, or like, like, like the top of her head. Like it's, we have to find something. Mm -hmm. 
And then we start to relax it even more to let it expand. So we find out she's an energetic. So we'll do light touching or breath work to start to expand that part of herself. And then what we do is we bring in the trauma, right? Or we bring in the pain and we merge the pleasure with the trauma, right? That merging will allow us to get out of the past story. It's kind of like, you know, it's like the AE process. It's bringing it into the present moment. Um, and giving it pleasure, <laughs> which is way more powerful than just any talk stuff that you can do, right? Um, and then when that happens, I think a lot of people that have been traumatized don't recognize the power that they have within their body, that they can literally be in the face of their trauma and, and through pleasure change the story in their nervous system. They can actually completely re rewrite it into a loving, compassionate, beautiful story of deep sensation and emotion, right? And, and fear can start to dissolve. So that's what I start to see is that daily, and it's really important that it's a daily practice with the body. That's really important. Mm -hmm. say, say more about that, actually. Why so is it I so have, important to do a daily practice? Because the nervous system resets every day. Right. So every, every morning when you wake up, you're kind of back to square one. <laughs> it doesn't like go over time. So if I spend a week without being with my body, my nervous system will go back to how I felt five years ago. Right. I need to be with her every day and learn her and open her. And, and she's going to be a little different every day. So it's almost like it's like you're driving a car. You check, you check the car before you drive it. Is everything okay? If it sits in the garage for three months, right, and you try to drive it, it's going to have trouble starting up, right? So similar to a meditation practice for the mind and for the spirit, this is a daily practice for the body that, you know, most of us just work out, right? But how often do we listen to our body and go, okay, where are you constricted today? What are you afraid of today? What past stories are you bringing into the present? And how can I use my tools, my erotic blueprint tools to open you deeper, right? That's the, that's the magic and the practice of it. Um, and it's amazing to watch. Like once people, once that kundalini, once that sexual energy starts to awaken, it's usually like at the base of the tailbone, um, ways that you know your kundalini is awakening, just so you know, in case you're watching, <laughs> or in case you're listening and going, I might be having kundalini, um, is if you start to see things, if you start to get headaches, if you start to have ringing in the ears, um, if you have unexplained pain in the body that doesn't make any sense. I see a lot of sciatica pain with people that where their kundalini is starting to, to wake up. Um, so it's actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. interesting. Okay. So yeah. this is another reframe. Okay. Yeah. Tell us more. Why is it a good thing? So it means that you've got energy that's, that, that's dense at the lower spine. If you have example, right, your energy is like constricted down there, which is just your Kundalini. The sexual energy starts at the lower spine and then moves upward like a snake, right? You see it in a snake often old, old tantric texts. And so when that, when you have the kundalini down there, it's going to feel like pain. Once you start to move it, it, it'll, the pain will disappear. It happens constantly. My clients get this all day long where it just, boop, it's gone, right? Cause we've moved it and we've moved that energy up. It's not concentrated anymore. It can now flow freely through the body. And the energy is so powerful that it'll start to dissolve trauma and dissolve pain on its own. 
it's very cool. Like you don't have to do much. You just kind of let it do its thing. Um, mm. It feels like there's, it's like a plant medicine inside of the body. <laughs> that doesn't, <laughs> that we don't oh, have to go grab it. Yeah. Yeah. Thing that just like shakes your body. Can you feel the tingling, the vibration? Yes, that's exactly. Yeah. And breath work, similar, right? You feel similar. That you feel the vibration. And, and with a partner, it's the same thing, right? The purpose of sex with a partner is to get them back to themselves. That's, that's the gift that you're giving them to their essence of being. And so when you're with a partner, it's about, can I see where their energy is constricted and shake it up a little, right? Mm. Um, can I shake it up a little so that they can get back to their open self, right? Mm. Which is so beautiful. So Yeah, that's an interesting reframe as well. So conventionally, when you think about sex, it's about reaching a destination. Exactly. Coming, climax, <clears throat> release, that's it. But this is a reframe of get them to be more open inside their body yeah. in service for them. And, and why does that matter so much? Because if you think about what sustains a relationship, right, mm -hmm. it's, it's love, <laughs> like actual love, like unconditional love. And how can we create unconditional love and feel it? in the other person and in ourselves well by opening all the places where they're hidden or constricted away from love right that's going to be in their nervous system so you're actually doing yourself a service by opening your partner sexually right mm -hmm. it's it's you're able to then feel their heart again mm -hmm. which that's is beautiful. yeah so you had talked about daily practice yeah can you concretize that for us what are some of the ways one could practice as a way to open them themselves up sexually, pleasurably, so forth. Yeah. So um, I have a self-pleasure challenge where I go into detail on this. It's free. So anyone who's listening can get on it at some point. Um, but it's basically once you know your erotic blueprint, you want to start to feed your body in that way every day until you feel full, full totally full and open, right? Um, and then keep going because <laughs> then you'll notice other desires. So I say at least 20 to 30 minutes a day um, that you're with your body, with yourself. It's going to depend on your blueprint. So if you're an energetic, um, it may not be genital touching. I'm pretty strong in my energetic now. And so I don't touch my genitals every day, but I will breathe into my body every day and check with my erotic energy and figure out where it is and what it's feeling, um, yoga, meditation, really light touch, breath work. Um, that's the energetic daily practice. Time alone in nature is really big for energetics. Um, the sensual practice is going to be movement, music, um, massage, lotions, baths, right? Things like that. Um, preparing your food really slowly and, and really eating it really delectably and just like, mm, right. It's that kind of, when I'm in my central, I just roll around on my floor. I turn on music and I just spend like an hour rolling around on my floor and moaning. Like that's the sensual. And then you feel so good. <laughs> um, the kinky daily practice is going to involve a lot of, a lot of fantasy play. So it's a lot of allowing yourself to go into your dark sexual energy. So reading kinky erotica or, um, playing with constriction on your body 
in a physical way I really like. So like um, pushing up against things. Um, funny enough, I have a lot of kinky clients that love rock climbing because they're in a harness and they have to climb. So Interesting. there's a challenge, they're pushing against stuff, right? That, that feeling of like challenge is big for the kink uh, blueprint. Um, it could be certain workouts. It could also be um, deep kind of surrender feeling. So letting yourself go there. So for a lot of my kinky people, like aerial yoga, flipping upside down, deep surrender into that because they're mm. swimming right? You're upside down. Um, or it could be things on the body, like scratching your own body, smacking your own body gently, right? All this gently, if you be careful. Um, that can be a part of it as well. Um, the sexual daily practice is literally going to be an orgasm a day, a climax a day, keep the doctor, the doctor away. away yeah it's, like, it's really important like a lot of sexuals will do especially ones getting into tantra will start to restrain their their orgasm and for a sexual that's their lifeblood like make sure you're having that and you're touching your genitals often like really important Sorry about that um and then for the shapeshifter blueprint it's about doing all of it at once and changing it up every day. So you don't want to do the same thing every day. You want to make sure it's always different and it's always maneuvering. And you're having like, you're changing it up and you're having lots of time. So I'm a shapeshifter now and I spend like two to three hours a day in self-pleasure. Just uh, That just blew my mind again. Uh, so two to three hours to a uh, someone who is all about achieving effectiveness <laughs> and efficiency. To me, that's a lot of time. So tell us why, why that much time? And, and is that necessary? Well, I mean, this is my entire life, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's to, to go and work with my clients and not be fully embodied and fed in my sexual energy, I would be a fraud, right? Mm. Um, so it's my job <laughs> to be with my energy that much. A shapeshifter needs that much. A shapeshifter really like to go and have new sexual experiences, to, to be really adventurous with your sexuality. That's very important. It allows for vitality in the body. Um, when I don't give myself that much time, my energy is not as alive and, and I'm not as embodied and people can tell. So there's a magnetism that happens, right? Or I don't, my business just kind of flows the more that I take time with my own sexual energy. So before I go into the business part, thank you so much for sharing that, by the way. <clears throat> How will one know, all right, so here's my daily practice, whatever the um, erotic bl blueprint it may be, how does one know oh, I had enough? Or is it just like minimally effective dose, as Tim Ferriss would say, right? Hey, 20 minutes of TM is sufficient, 20 minutes of... Uh, Om is sufficient, organic meditation, orgasmic meditation. What would you advise them to, uh, in terms of their own internal awareness of minimally effective dose, right? Going to yeah. the effectiveness yeah. and efficiency yeah. again. Yeah, well, I would say look at your base, look at the baseline of whether or not the shadow of your blueprint is non-reactive. So the shadows are energetic, the energetic shadow is overwhelmed and dissociation. Mm -hmm. So if you're an energetic, are you an overwhelm or are you dissociated? If you are, you haven't done enough. 
<laughs> right? Like here's, here's not enough. Um, if you're not, and if you feel really grounded and in your body and, and present, then you're good, right? You don't, you're good. Now, I always say, raise your pleasure ceiling. See what else is possible. Stretch because, the comfort zone. Yeah, keep going because keep there's going. so gotcha. much. Right. Um, it leads to massive spiritual awakening and growth. I actually get a lot of spiritual downloads in my self-pleasure practice, like business downloads, names of courses, who I'm supposed to reach out to, like ideas drop in. Um, so I, I'll just stay there and get all that. I have a journal next to me and I'll journal during it, right? Um, <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> having sex with my partner, I'll often stop us and write something down because <laughs> I'll get like a download and I'm like, wait, it's so good. <laughs> I have to write it down. But that's what happens when you date a sexologist. Uh, the sensual shadow is being in the mind, like anxiety of the mind. So if you're in that, you haven't done enough massage or movement practice, like there's more of that to be done. Or maybe your house is messy. You got to clean your house, right? Like things like that. Um, the kinky shadow is shame. So if you're feeling shame, do more kinky stuff. Like get yourself more into that world. Get yourself out there more. Go into online forums. Talk about your fantasies. Like talk about it with your partner. Let yourself play in it. Um, the sexual shadow is when you find yourself, or at least your your nervous system won't won't have had enough if you find yourself vary to the point in your day-to-day -day stuff. So if you, you're having, if you find yourself very direct and to the point and kind of like over anxious about wanting to get things done, mm. you're not having enough sex or you're not giving yourself enough orgasm. So if you're finding yourself like, okay, when, when are we going to be done with this? Like, you know, that rushing <laughs> feeling, right? Mm. That's the sexual shadow. Um, mm. And so you need to release more let the release valve out. Um, and then the shapeshifter shadow is feeling like you're too much. So having like feelings of um, just these like kind of self-esteem issues. That's kind of how you know when you're like, I'm, I don't know, I'm too much for people. You'll kind of hide, you'll kind of collapse into yourself. You'll kind of forget who you are. Um, then you want to go out and make sure to explore more of your shapeshifter tendencies. So I would baseline it on that. Like if one of those shadows comes up for me, I know I got to stop what I'm doing and go into self-pleasure. And sometimes I'll just do it for five minutes. Like before interviews, I do five minutes before clients just to get myself in my energy, right? Mm. Um, but so I like always- Tony Robbins' tone would be like a way to get yourself back to a state. Exactly. A power and freedom before you go into- Exactly. And what's really fun, just to take it a step further, is I can change- because I know all the blueprints so well, depending on what I'm doing, I'll self-pleasure in a different blueprint for what I'm going to go do. So mm -hmm. if I'm uh, working on a, um, a sales call, for example, um, I'm going to do kinky before so that I show up really dominant, really confident, really sure of myself. Right? I'm not going to do energetic or sensual because I would just be like, whatever, I don't need your credit card. Right? I'd go to that space. Um, if I'm going on a date, I'm going to do more energetic sensual just to relax and rest more. So you can utilize the blueprints for how you want to show up in the thing that you're about to do, which is really fun. Mm. Thanks for that. Yeah. 
Um, Viktor Frankl famously said, "Between stimulus and response, there's a space, and in that space lies our freedom and growth."、Mm-hmm. And I think what we've been talking about is what are the different ways in that space that we can choose shapeshifter,、yes. sexual, sensual, etc. And then as a way to cultivate that self mastery in our own internal、um, compass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's、so、absolutely、important. right. It becomes freedom is the choice, right? With a lot of people, sex is not. You don't have choice in sexuality. With a lot of people, at least for me, before I awakened my sexuality, sex was always painful, always scary, and I didn't feel I had a choice to change it. Right? For some people, sex is always boring or always just good enough. Right, and they don't realize you actually have the choice to constantly change your energy. Like you can just switch it. <laughs> If your relationship is dull, you can switch it. It's it's that that internal power that so many people are blind to,、um, which is why the work feels really important all the time. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually, I have a curious question.、Uh, I'm raised Chinese, as I mentioned earlier. In the in the Taoist belief system, is Hey, suppress, withhold, abstain from sexual energy. Otherwise, it becomes leaky, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, and then what you're sharing on the surface, it sounds like it's contradictory to what the Taoist philosophy is. If you don't mind going into that a little bit, because I think for the people who are looking for a spiritual awakening, and now is getting conflicting messages, right? So, if you、mm-hmm. help us reconcile. Or even share your point of view on this. That would be very, very useful. Totally. I think people that talk about restriction of sexual energy are、um, talking about people in the erotic or in the energetic blueprint. So that's really useful if you're an energetic. A lot of energetics, what they'll do is they'll masturbate as they know to masturbate, and they leak their sexual energy. They don't. They can't bring their kundalini up. Right、mm. now. You're probably going to attract a lot of energetics on the podcast, just as I do, because we talk about spiritual awakening. So、mm-hmm. it's why that's why in spiritual awakening they say to shut it for a while.、Um, it does. The sexual energy is always in you. It doesn't actually go anywhere, right? Those teachings are telling you to just not release it down and out. So、um, there's currents of sexual manifestation energy. There's one that goes up the body, up the spine, and out. That's where the awakening occurs, right? And then there's the manifestation current, which goes down and out through the body, which is how most people have sex, right? Most people they're looking to release、mm-hmm. energy rather than cultivate, nourish it, and bring it into、um, oneness, high state of consciousness. So that's why the Taoist tradition is going to say that. Because、um, they want you to learn to move the energy from the base chakra up the spine. I see. So that's 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 a re- really interesting underline because on the surface, again, it, it sounds like suppression,、um, abstinence, and then we also have seen、um, the what's the, a negative effect of immature suppression. Yes, because the energy is gonna come out somewhere. Exactly. Thank you for saying and then, that. <laughs> and then that's where, to me, like, you know, in I, 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 I'm hesitant to use the word like pedoph- pedophilia, like this、You're、type、right. of like inappropriate use of the sexual energy, preying on someone, 
uh, rape, all these things, because there is not a healthy way of cultivating one's sexual energy. Yeah, I would say I would give a very strong warning to people that are holding their sexual energy and not having any other tactics to bring it up their spine. It's going to get unconscious. Um, it's it's going, you're going to have an affair, you're going to notice your, like, that's how that stuff happens, right? Um, is that the sexual energy is still stuck in the base chakra. We haven't moved it anywhere. And so it's going to leak out weird ways. It's going to do something because it's your life force and it wants to be alive. Um, what I notice is that often, I mean, I can have orgasms now from sexual energy going to my third chakra, to my, to my pineal gland. I'll have like, I'll have pineal gland orgasms, right? I'll have throat orgasms because the, your erotic. I have no energy, idea what those words mean. Isn't that crazy? It's, it's basically like, yeah, so the erotic energy for many people is concentrated just at the genitals, right? Uh -huh. And the the work of opening and expanding your erotic energy is learning that it actually extends to every part of your body and even beyond you. So I can have orgasms without being touched. I can just have my partner across the room looking at me and I'll have an orgasm because it's it's about an energy play more than an actual physical mechanism. Mm. Right, which is why a lot of people will go to the doctor and they'll say, oh, I have erectile dysfunction or I don't get wet or something. That's energy. It has nothing to do with blood flow or like the that's, actual that's physiology. No, nothing. Yeah. That's a response to the energy, right? Mm. So erectile dysfunction happens when there isn't an energy of invitation or openness on the other side. Right, it's almost impossible to get an erection <laughs> if there if there if there isn't that energy pull. Right, the erection happens because someone is pulling you towards them. That's mm -hmm. why that the blood flow moves to the penis. Like we need the pull, right? So, um, and there also needs to be a, enough release of shame and trauma in the man's body mm -hmm. that it can actually respond to the pull. Because some people have a lot of I've worked with a lot of men that are afraid of female sexual energy, mm. right? It's so powerful. So they can't, it's like they're scared, right? And so there's release of that, like releasing of the trauma and the fear and finding your own confidence. All of that's done through self-pleasure practice and moving the energy, not just in the genitals, but being able to feel it all over your body and even outside of your body. That tingly sensation, right? It's that, that feeling, that aliveness feeling. Mm. Thanks for that. Totally. You, you shared some really powerful um, paradigm shift, at least for me, mm. new way of looking at it. So, um, so I meditate and I've done breath work. I've done just a variety of modalities. I'm a huge believer of sitting one's pain and suffering as a way to burn away one's limiting belief, like David Goggin type of, you know, Navy SEAL, uh, to me, those are effective ways to uh, yeah. overcome one's limiting belief, right? By just like sitting in the pain and the suffering and then allow that to burn away any limiting beliefs. Because once I overcome that, right, cold bath, sauna, all these things as a way to overcome one's limiting belief. If I could do this, then I am so much more capable of doing something else, whatever that's facing me right now. Yes. That's one way to do it. Um, another way to do it is to meditate and I, I sit in that pleroma state 
and in that you know plant medicine as a way to again allow myself to to be in that uh, higher energy and and as a way to move past uh, whatever limiting beliefs that I that, that I may have. <clears throat> what you share here is the paradigm of sitting in pleasure, <laughs> right? As a way to and just sit in that somatic state of physical pleasure, and then as a way to move past one's own somatic, uh, psychosomatic stress or trauma, distress response. Is that an accurate way to have actually categorize? Yeah, let me clarify a little bit. So yeah, um, Go for it. when you're sitting in pleasure, mm-hmm. pain will arise. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so say more about that. That's um, not it, it, yeah, it's almost and pain. They don't to me come together. It's the same right. thing. So um, it's almost impossible to sit in sustained pleasure without pain. The body mechanism doesn't know how to do it. The nervous system will cut you down if you have if there are blocks in your body or trauma that you haven't dealt with, and you're trying to go into pleasure. You're going to dissociate. You're going to get anxious. You're going to feel physical pain. Um, you're going to feel, you're going to have like self-esteem stuff come up. You'll have memories pop up. Things will come in to cut the pleasure off, right? Mm. Then what you do is you find the pleasure in the pain. Interesting. So you go into the pain. I mean, oh my God, so many times I say this in all my workshops. So many times when I'm having sex with my partner, I'll be in the middle of a turn on. Right. And then I'll feel a pain. Like, I don't know, the other night I had one in my chest, like right to the left of my chest. And I had my partner just push on my chest as I screamed for like 15 minutes. I'm screaming, I'm crying. It's like persecution pain from past lives. It's not even mine, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm in it. Right. I'm screaming. We're fully in there. You don't even care where the source is. You're just letting it out. Doesn't matter. You just yeah. let it move through you. Right. right. On the other side of that is extreme pleasure, right? And for me, because I've had that experience in my body that many times, I pain and pleasure is, is synonymous. Interesting. Like I get wow. excited when pain comes up. So I'm like, ooh, we're about to reach another layer of pleasure, right? Mm. Um, so it's not about doing anything to the pain. You don't move it away. You sit in it. You sit in it, you dive into it and make love to it. Like you just like get your hands in there, get dirty with it, right? Um, like when there's trauma that comes up for me, um, I go right into it, right? Now, trauma is funny because the nervous system will stop you if it's, if it's too much for the nervous system to handle at the time. Mm-hmm. So you, you'll start to go, this is what happens, is people will st- start to go into the trauma and then they'll dissociate or they'll hit a wall, right? Mm-hmm. Then what you do is you bring pleasure back into the body. So you do a little bit of pain, a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of pain, a little bit of pleasure, and you go back mm-hmm. and forth. And little by little, the nervous system can start to hold more pain, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's the same thing that happens in meditation. You can hold more, right? I also have been meditating for 12 years. So I know the. I mean, it's a beautiful practice. Um, we're kind of doing the same thing just with the body system, Mm. rather than just the mind and the spirit yeah th- thanks for that actually mm-hmm. so okay so this is just a different paradigm <clears throat> yeah uh, bring uh, bring back the uh, uh physical uh, metaphor that i know of is um proprioceptive uh, neural function stretch so when someone is stuck you force them 
to a place where they're stuck and they ask them to push and then their uh, PNF will then release and you push a little yes. bit more, a little bit more. So similar to that, you basically go back and forth as a way yes. to increase the capacity, the physical uh, place to to stretch, to, to reach. Mm-hmm. It sounds very similar to the way that you describe it, right? So it's not yeah, about it's, overwhelming your body with extreme pain that then your nervous system shut down. Rather, it's allowing, sit in it, let go, come back, let go, come back as a way to release that. Is that an accurate way to recreate what you just said? Yeah, it's, it's a titration, right? An energetic titration. titration yeah. um, okay. and, I, and I do it with pleasure too. So if a woman's never had a climax before, I'm not going to blow her into crazy climax and teach her mm. how to do it in our first session because she'll have a major contraction afterwards. Major. Her body oh, interesting. is going to shut her down. All her pain's going to come up. All the, right? We have to, oh, it's slow. <laughs> it's like you can't, you can't just blow people out of the water. It's that's your response. That is so interesting. So it's not even too much of a bad thing, quote unquote, bad thing. It's also too much of a good thing, quote unquote. Exactly, exactly. And the pain and pleasure. Um, I did an interview with a philosopher, I'll have to send it to you. But he was speaking to me about uh, the pleasure principle and Freudian stuff. And I don't, I'm not a very mental person, very head person, but it was fascinating. And he was saying, you're basically living this philosophy that pain and pleasure are in the same, it's the same thing. And they, there's Apparently, the, the place in the body that experiences pain is the same place that experiences pleasure, right? So like the, the, the brain, the neurological function of pain and pleasure, it's like right there. And when you can start to have, um, like think about what that would do for your, for your system. This is how I live now, where there's nothing that could happen to my body or to my life that is too painful that I can't find pleasure in it. Like I can oh, interesting. pleasure in whatever I do all the time. Imagine the freedom and the, the strength mm. in that, right? Um, so there's fear dissolves. Mm. What are you afraid of? If there's no pain, I mean, if pain's there, but you're not worried about it, fear has mm. gone. Um, so it's, it makes you kind of superhuman in a way. Like there's really nothing I'm, you know, not worried about it. Um, I've even gone, so this blows a lot of my people away, but like if, if I was violated again, if there was a rape that happened in my life again, I'm not afraid of it at all, at all. I could very quickly move it, transmute it, bring pleasure to it, find compassion, like boom, in two seconds. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's never a fear anymore that, um, love or sex or, or just being in the world is going to hurt. I don't have to run from the pain anymore. Um, and I heard, I don't know who said this, but uh, a philosopher said that the suffering is actually moving away from pain, <laughs> right? The suffering is when you're running from pain, when you're scared of the pain. Once mm. you're in the pain, you're not suffering anymore. Interesting. Uh, underline that a little bit, because to me, again, it doesn't quite compute right now. Great. So, well, let's take so- it. Yeah, go ahead and explain. Let's that. take it out of. Food. Let's take it away from sex, right? Let's move it to um, something a little more concrete. So, hmm, what would be something for you? Have mostly male listeners. I usually use the metaphor of women in birth, right? Because women in birth will say it's the most ecstatic experience, and they're like in the deepest pain, um, because they. But some women will say it's really painful, 
<laughs> and when you ask them where their mental state was, right, what were they thinking of? It's often the women that are in pain were trying to get away from the pain, uh. right? The women that see it as a suffering experience, the women that aren't were like, oh, I was, it was just full of sensation. Um, but there's probably you know i can think of like men that do iron man or like any of those really crazy workout routines yeah yeah yeah, crossfit those are my listeners yeah yeah right like it's not just a physiological response there's also a part of you in your brain when you go to lift that crazy dumbbell that is excited you're bringing pleasure to the Mm. thing that's about to be really painful Right now, if you do it with a, oh, this is going to suck, right? <laughs> then, or like scared of whether or not you can do it, it's going to be harder and you're going to suffer more. It's the same thing with sex. I see. So let's use the way that I understand it is there's the objective problem and a subjective problem. Objective yes. problem is I'm, I'm lifting weights. I'm going through the Spartan race. I'm going through this thing is very physically painful. And the subjective is the perception, how I feel about this particular pain. If, if my subjective, this sucks, this is terrible, um, I hate this, then you're now adding on top of that this objective problem. You're making yes. it harder versus you know, childbirth cases. Oh, wow, this is, beautiful con- this is a beautiful experience, the miracle of life. Now the context is different. Now all of a sudden pain is pleasurable. Is that kind of what you were referring to? Yeah, totally. And to, to get out of the head and into the body with it, right? So if you're, I mean, I, I like to work out. I'm a bit, I have a very masculine energy in me that enjoys it. And if I go into my workout fully feeling my muscles and being like, I'm going to feel that. I'm going to feel like the, the strength in my body. Then you're not in that. You can't be in the suffering. It's the same in sexuality. When you move out of your head and you're in um, like the feeling and the sensation of everything, of every little moment, like imagine if your whole life was like, that's how I live my life. Where like, Awareness. Yeah. Every moment. Yeah. Every moment. Like I could tell you 15 things that are happening with my body right now in this moment. I'm, I'm in constant awareness of what's happening in my energy body and how my physical body is going. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what makes a superior lover and a superior um, sexual being is the ability to attune to that, to the the sensation in the body and the energy. I appreciate this. This is a great conversation. So Mm -hmm. let's actually segue back to what you were referring to when you say, all right, so sexual awakening openness leads to more clients. Again, this is an (laughs) interesting paradigm. So tell us more about that. Yeah. So you know, when you've hired coaches before, right, you do it because you see in them it's often not a logical choice, right? Or when you, when you have someone help you and you have someone mentor you, sometimes you can describe why, but often it's more of an energy than anything else. There's something about this person that has a greater degree of openness than you do. That's it, right? And you want to be around them because they're more open than you are. <laughs> and by being around them, you become more open, right? Um, that's also why you date people. There's a part in them that is more open than you are or why you're attracted to someone, right? We're just on this opening dance is the way I see it. Like who's more open than me? Let me go find them, right? Mm. Um, And people that are going to be attracted to you are people that are slightly less open than you are. Mm -hmm. So if you can awaken your body 
and move through constriction in your nervous system around your erotic energy and find the strength and the ability to remain open, then people are going to be attracted to you like moth to a flame. It's, it's like insane. And they won't be able to describe why. They're just going to be there, right? It'll just appear. Um, it happens all day long in my life. And before I had that, I was doing the exact same things for my business. Exactly the same. I was the mechanical is, is, is the same. Exactly. The same. Yep. Marketing was the same. What I wrote was the same, same Facebook, like the whole thing was the same. Um, the shift, the quadruple of income came, uh, when I had a, a deep opening of my body, it was an experience similar to how people do plant medicine, where I was with my body. And at that time, my sex coach, um, for five, six hours straight. And we just worked to unravel any constriction in my nervous system. We were just like, you know, with, we were working with energy. We were working with my hands on my body. We were just like, how can we open more? And it wasn't mental. It was a cool experience. Yeah. Yep. And then after that, it was, people started finding me like out of the blue, thin air. Um, it was just, <laughs> And that's how I live it now. Like I, I, that's why when I don't, I don't ever get worried anymore, but when I used to get worried um, about, you know, when am I going to get the next client or, I mean, now it's like a wait list, but before I would stop whenever I felt anxious, I would stop because that's constriction, right? So I'd stop and I would go and I'd self-pleasure. I would turn off all my computer. I wouldn't think about anything. I would go in self-pleasure. I would find openness in my body again. I'd commune with the self, my higher self in that process. Right. Mm. Um, and then I'd get an email or two of people saying, Hey, let's, I'm curious about your work. Right. It always would pop in like that. Always, 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 always. And so that deep trust of your own mechanism is what I think a lot of people are missing in business. I think a mm. lot of people are, are looking outside of themselves. They're seeking outside of themselves to find power. They're like, who do I need to hire? Uh, what marketing, but I don't even have a website and I have a very successful six figure business, right? Like it's how do we get rid of the, the concept that we need something outside of us to, mm. to be our biggest self, right? And instead shift to, I have everything inside of me right, to do this. All I need to do is be with myself and listen to it. Um, mm. And it's that inner confidence I think that that magnetizes people into you because they can feel it in your body they can feel your knowingness of who who you are and who everyone is thank you for that mm -hmm. yesterday I came across a interesting phrase confidence is one's faith in oneself yeah so what exactly what you just described yeah. And that comes through. So the other thing that I think is really big in business is mission, right? Everyone think, talks about mission and vision. How, what am I, am I on mission? And what's my brand? It's my brand on my mission, right? There's that, all that stuff. The mission and the vision come to you when you're no longer blocked. <laughs> it just appears. So that's what happened to me. I was in that day where I relaxed my nervous system fully. And then I had a vision of what I'm supposed to do on the planet. And it was very clear. And I was like, cool. All right. That's what I'm going to do. And there isn't, it's, I'm actually not capable of not being on that mission. Like I'm 
everything I do now is in alignment with that because I'm constantly aligning to myself, right? Um, so the, it's not so much confidence in myself as it is confidence in the mission that's already happening despite me. Like all I need to do is unblock myself. I'm already going. It's already, it's already happened in my head. Like there's nothing to do. It's literally already there. I, my only job is to get out of my conditioning whenever it appears, whenever I get ashamed or dissociative or overwhelmed, or I just, my job is to move through it, get back into my body, find my source again. And then it appears. Um, it really is that simple. Yeah, I mean, but but the thing is that it's it's simple to say. You know, you hear the phrase, uh, the model be do have, right? Start with the way of uh-huh. being, then you follow. Uh, you know, you do what your mission calls you to do, then you have the result that you have. Be do have model, yeah. right? Easy to say. A lot of people want that, and. I think what you just share with us over this course of this podcast is your own path of finding that and embodying that way of being. Yeah. I think the, the big paradigm shift is with entrepreneurs. Cause I work now with, I coach people in their business now because that was, it just happened. I didn't even advertise and people were like, can we Right? that's what I mean. That's how the business goes. And you're like, okay, um, <laughs> that works. But it's a lot of people think first. And that's where we need to cut. We, they think first in sexuality. They think first in, in relationship. They think first in business. And thinking should be last. We want to think last. Right? <laughs> we want to feel first in the body. We want to have the body sensation, the emotional, the energetic sensation first. And then you can think. So the way I like to frame it um, is I think of it Every time I'm in self-pleasure, it feels like my feminine and my masculine polarities are merging, right? They're meeting each other. They're making love within me. That's, that's the feeling. And so what's happening is my feminine, right? The feminine is the one that has the creative ideas. She's the one that's flowing. She's intuitive. She's very aligned and attuned with the universe and the energy of what's around her, very empathetic. So I'll be in a self-pleasure practice and I'll hear her intuitively say, oh, you're supposed to do, let's do a workshop on this, right? So she'll say something, right? Um, And now my masculine will then respond and he'll go, got it. Okay. So as soon as we're done with this, we're going to get, and we're going to create this and you got to reach out to these people and he'll, he'll line up and he'll direct the show and then she'll celebrate. So it's, it, it, it feels like there's two, there's a dance between those two inside of my body all the time. Um, And that's really important, especially with all the teachings now around, you know, if you're a woman, be feminine. If you're a masculine, be man, be masculine. We need to have both. We have both. We have both, right? And and, both to harmonize with each other. Yeah. And for women, they will often not work on cultivating their masculine. So they only have the, I don't want to say toxic, but they only have the unconscious masculine and the unconscious masculine. So they'll get a great idea in business. And then the unconscious masculine will come in and they'll degrade and shut it down. That's the, that's what unconscious masculine does. They go, Mm. right. And they don't hold it steady. They don't create a structure. They just degrade, shut it down to mean right now for men, if they don't work on cultivating the conscious feminine, right. They're 
not getting these intuitive ideas and what's happening instead is their the the unconscious feminine is showing up for them which is anxiety which is like how am i going to do this this isn't going to work no 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 right that's the unconscious feminine they do the whirlwind mm. and they don't actually ground into intuition and and instinct and so they can't act on anything that's actually aligned. Right? Mm-hmm. So I see it all the time in business. And that's, I would say my number one business tip is can you, can you find, can you cultivate the conscious masculine feminine within you in your self-pleasure practice or in meditation or both so that you can find them dancing with each other and let them mm-hmm. work with each other and see when you're all in one and not, right? Like it's a balance there. You got to make sure they both get to be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a beautiful way to articulate it. I think a lot of my listeners, this is a little bit out there that they may not fully understand this, but a lot of them desire this, you know, sharpening of one's entrepreneurial intuition, entrepreneurial edge. And then what they tend to do is let me think harder. Yes. Let me put in more effort. (laughs) Let me work longer. And I think the answer is what you just shared is let's think about the feminine, right? Practices. (laughs) of like cultivating this flow, cultivating the surrender, cultivating this, this uh, self-pleasure, whatever the, mo- yes. the, the paradigm is for this person, then that way perhaps it will open up new ways of this channel and ways to harmonize the feminine and the masculine. Yeah. It's and if, entrepreneurs, right? Yes, so this absolutely. is actually a very concrete way to quote unquote think outside of the box, outside yes. of conventional thinking. And even to take it out of masculine feminine conversation, you can also do the same thing with erotic blueprints, right? So, you know, if you're a sexual erotic blueprint, to start to cultivate your energetic is going to increase your ability to feel the collective, what, what your people need. So if you're, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're sexual and you start to cultivate or expand into the energetic, you'll instinctively know, oh, this person's feeling this way. So let me create a course for them or... I could imagine that my, my future clients would feel this, right? Um, the sensual in business is really good at creating the um, environment. So if you're cultivating your sensual, you'll, you'll notice yourself more able to make um, choices around like your website design or your environmental space or are people feeling loved, right? Those are all sensual gifts. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're, if you want to cultivate the sexual in business, you'll find yourself able to get to the point. You'll be clear, right? Um, a lot of mass, I don't know why I see this a lot, but a lot of men in business are all over. They're not clear and direct in their business proposal um, and, and in what they're saying they have out there and in, in being direct and people need that, right? So cultivating the sexual, like start making sure you have a daily orgasm, check in with your genitals every day. It's going to help you be direct. Um, and in the kinky, how well can you dominate the room? How well can you walk in and dominate the room? If, if you find yourself afraid of that, then you want to start cultivating the kinky, find that dark edge to yourself, the predator instinct in you, right? Can you bring that up? So you can use the erotic blueprints and everything. Um, and even more fun is you can also start to think about who your clientele is. Are they energetics? Are they sensuals? Are they kinkies? Are they sexuals? Because you're going to want to start speaking in their languaging. So I attract energetic kinkies into my world. So I make sure my marketing, the way I speak, 
Um, I do an energetic kinky practice before I'm with my clients, right? And if I had sensuals, I'd be speaking much slower. I'd have flowers behind me, right? Like I'd set it up very differently, but the energetic kinky, they don't want that. They want to feel my energy and they want to feel that I know how to hold them. They want to feel my strength. It's Mm. a different energy. So you just, you play with who you have. If you have sexual clientele, get to the point fast. (laughs) Otherwise they're going to get really bored, right? So you just, you want to be able to read your clients really quickly and, and see where their blueprinting is. Yeah. Mm. You can do it on sales calls too, which is really fun. You can read it right away. Thanks for that. That's, that's very, very fascinating to, to hear about your paradigm of translating that lens into business practices. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is a beautiful conversation. Thanks so much. Um, so, it, so for the people who are interested in, in learning more about the work that you do, are there any books, any social, any website you can send them to? Yeah. So my social media is my most active space. Um, So that's a great place to get to know me. Um, You can go to Facebook and find me on there. My name is Genevieve Genevieve on there or facebook.com forward slash Genevieve dot reclamation. Um, put it in. in. Yep. Um, I'm also on Instagram and YouTube. So you can find if you look for Genevieve Genevieve, you'll find it pretty much everywhere. Um, and that's, that's, we have something called the pleasure tribe, which is where I do my self pleasure challenge. Um, that's where you can learn that daily practice with me modeling it and demoing it. And we do those, it's closed right now, but we do them every couple of months. So just keep an eye out on when we open it again, you'll see it on social media. Um, we'll blast it and then you can get in. We have over 1.3 thousand people in there. Um, so it's a really active community of people that are trying to find their own sexual freedom within themselves. It's great to be a part of really fun. Yeah. Genevieve, this has been tremendous. You blew my mind so many times in our <laughs> talk today. I really appreciate it. So let me do a little recap of what I, what I got from having this conversation. Thank you. Pleasure sexuality is a paradigm for one to practice being more open, being more aware, being more awakened in the world. This is just a paradigm. This is not the paradigm, right? It's a very effective one, given that we live in our body anyway. (laughs) Not just your body doesn't just carry your head around, but actually this is a way for you to commune with one's higher self. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't need to be... uh, quote unquote, pleasurable all the time. But this in that space will allow you to uh, dissolve your somatic distress, somatic response, somatic trauma. And, and, then, and then we also talked about starting where we're at. So even with just a single toe, mm-hmm. and then, then you, you know, move back and forth as a way to expand that capacity to experience pleasure being in that state. And from that, then you would open up one's own uh, empathy, compassion, love, awakening, clarity, awareness, all of these different ways to describe essentially what makes um, who we are as human beings so special, right? Open up our entire channels, shall we say, our chakras, shall we say, you know, using mm-hmm. different metaphors to say that. So I really, really appreciate you sharing your story of um, past trauma, but also your path to where you are right now, this open channel to your own mission. Actually, you know what? We didn't talk about that. If you don't mind, tell us, you know, maybe slide, you know, cut this in there. What is your mission and what are your core values and how do you actually live into that and lean into the edge every day? 
Mm, yeah. So the mission was given to me in, in that awakening experience. Um, and the mission is to remind people of who they are, right, in their erotic essence. It's, it's, they already have it and they've forgotten. And so it's, it's simply a rediscovery of self, a reclaiming of the erotic energy, because I believe really strongly that if we, if thousands of people reclaim their erotic essence, maybe millions of people, right, fingers crossed, we can actually eliminate unconscious sexuality on the planet, right? Mm -hmm. We can, our future generations will not have to suffer the way that our generation has suffered with unconscious sexuality and the amount of, of suffering, right, that's there because of it is unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary. So it's, it's thinking about the legacy of can we, what, what would it be like for our children and our children's children to not have to go through sexual violence and abuse, um, mm. how much beauty and expression and fulfillment and life and aliveness and love can they experience without that? So that's why the mission feels so important to me is I, I honestly think we can eradicate um, sexual violation on the planet through the awakening of your own sexual energy. That is so inspiring. Let's end there. Thank you, Genevieve, so much for sharing your story, your gift, your presence, your tactics. Uh, for those of you who are listening, I really hope that you try on this new way of looking at uh, who we are as human beings, that sexuality and pleasure is a potential paradigm for you to really open up uh, who you are as a, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, to in service of humanity. Mm. Have a good one. Hey, listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast and all the nuggets of wisdoms, go to bit.ly forward slash Noble Warrior Review and leave us a five-star review and tell us what you're getting out of this podcast. This will really help us attract other people like you and share these nuggets of wisdoms to others just like you. Okay, do that right now, bit.ly forward slash Noble Warrior Review. Thanks a lot.